0: Welcome to the Ranking Things Podcast, the production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Please visit jasondavisvoice.com for information about voiceover services for commercials, internet and corporate videos, e-learning, phone messages, and more. I'm Jason Davis. And I'm Eric Wright. And every episode, we're going to choose a topic to rank and defend our choices. It's the podcast where you can be part of the conversation. Email us, rankingpodcast at yahoo.com, or tweet At Jason Davis voice. We're going back to the world of music. Yes, good for us. Specifically lead singing rock drummers. You know, I usually put rules to myself, right? Right. Because this, again,
1: is a huge thing. And uh, so I was thinking, all right, singing and drummers. So maybe if I put a little science to this (laughs) and I scale each of them on one to ten, I can then say, okay, well, so-and-so is a nine singer and a seven drummer. So, Oh my you know, God, you were way, to too, eight. way too analytical, my friend. Well, I had to, again, I had to try to come up with
0: something, but then there's so much more to this than just trying to go by numbers. I had two rules. Oh, you did? Rule number okay. one, it's basically the singing drummers that I like the most. Oh, that's fair enough. (laughs) Rule number two, Dave Grohl cannot be on this list because he was not a lead singing drummer with Nirvana. He doesn't play drums now. So that was all I felt. So why don't we get the list started? What do you got for number five? My number five is
1: uh, Sheila Escovedo. Ah, Sheila E. Sheila E. Yes. Very nice. Um, That definitely raised a few eyebrows with some of my friends I was talking to about it in the 80s. First of all, she was hot.
0: Still is actually looking. Yeah,
1: (laughs) she really is. And if you just think of her from oh the '80s with Prince, and it's like, uh, first of all, I think she's great because Prince did not ruin her. When you watch videos of her actually at a drum set, she is so smooth. Oh, she's an amazing percussionist. Yeah, moving across the drum heads with these very slick, fast pops and drum rolls. It's it's wonderful she just really got me also a lot of people she's worked with you know big name people Marvin Gaye, Diana Ross uh you know we said Prince she's in Ringo's All Stars Mm -hmm. so and all these people talk so highly of her and I think and she's different you know she brought this Latino flavor she helped really influence a bit of the 80s pop scene she's just got chops let alone that great voice. I'm dying to hear, what's your number five?
0: Number five for me is Phil Collins. Really? Yeah. Okay. Phil Collins, a uh, solo artist and of course with Genesis. I think he probably played drums more with Genesis than he did as as a solo artist. Um, oh, yeah. There's no question that the guy is legendary in the world of, of rock music. I'm not a huge Phil Collins fan. Mm-hmm. But there's no denying that he's made his mark as a drummer and a singer sure he was a big fan of the beatles when he started mm-hmm. out when he was when he was a kid And he was actually a child actor too which i found interesting was he really yeah he performed on stage as the artful dodger in a london production of oliver when he was a kid and okay. then as a teenager he ended up being an extra in the beatles film a hard day's night i thought i recognized him <laughs> He was the little bald kid. (laughs) Very funny. Uh, And then um, he eventually went on to play percussion on Art of Dying by George Harrison for his album, All Things Must Pass. So having been influenced by the Beatles early on uh, musically and then being in their film and then playing on George Harrison's album, that's kind of a, a pretty cool thing. He joined Genesis in August of 1970. 1975, Peter Gabriel leaves the band. They uh, right. received 400 responses to an ad for a new singer. They held yeah. all kinds of auditions and then they go, you know what, Phil, you're going to take over as lead singer. Well, because, you know, he was singing backup.
1: Right. And, uh, yeah, when you're singing backup to Peter Gabriel mm-hmm. and you're holding your own, I mean, I think uh, he was holding his own. If you go back to those really old videos, they were very progressive, very odd. His background was great and his drumming was fantastic. I think in later Genesis, his drumming, was
0: just not as important. I think their style changed tremendously over the years. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, when they were first starting out, they were very uh, progressive. They were, you know. Very much. Yeah, I mean, all very kinds of crazy time. Idea. Yeah, time idea signature changes and all kinds of stuff. In fact, it's interesting because his drumming was actually praised by a lot of other popular drummers. Uh, the guy from mm-hmm. the Foo Fighters, Taylor Hawkins, um, oh, yeah. Mike Portnoy, who's played with Dream Theater and, and mm-hmm. Winery Dogs. Of Apollo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, Neil Peart called his work on the 1973. Genesis album, Selling England by the Pound, an enduring masterpiece of drumming. So yeah. if Neil Peart is saying that you've drummed a masterpiece, you've, <laughs> you've drummed a masterpiece. That's something I know. Yeah. If we ever just talk about drummers, yeah, exactly. he's on the list. Oh, no he's doubt. amazing. But I mean, you know, I, I admittedly, I'm not a huge Genesis fan and, and I don't really know a lot of their earlier stuff. Yeah. I'm more familiar with the stuff that MTV played. Phil Collins had a tremendous solo career too, of course. And I defy anybody to hear in the air tonight and right. not play air drums when the drums kick in.
1: Oh, yeah. No, he has to be on this list. I
0: disagree with you as far as the placing of him on the list. Again, I'm not as big of a Phil Collins fan as you probably are. So mm-hmm. that's why he's number five for me. He played on a couple of uh, Robert Plant solo albums sure, in the, okay. in the 80s. In addition to that, was nominated for an Oscar and won a Grammy for Against All Odds. Mm-hmm. He ended up winning an Oscar and a Golden Globe for You'll Be In My Heart from Disney's Tarzan.
1: Oh, okay.
0: And you remember Live Aid in 1985? I do remember that. He actually performed at both concerts. Yeah. He, He performed at Wembley Stadium in London. And then he took the Concord to Philadelphia... And Mm -hmm. then he performed uh, in Philadelphia to not only do solo material, but he played drums for Eric Clapton and with Robert Plant, Jimmy Page for the Led Zeppelin reunion. Not too shabby. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty amazing that that he did both shows. I mean, incredible. Mm -hmm. And then he was also part of Band-Aid, Do They Know It's Christmas? So needless to say, Phil Collins, although he's number five for me because, you know, I'm not a huge Genesis fan or Phil Mm -hmm. Collins fan. I I like him and I like, you know, some Genesis stuff. There's no denying his impact on the world Mm. of rock and roll. Oh, absolutely not. And we'll be talking about him a little bit later. I'm sure we will. So, what do you got
1: for number four, my friend? Number four is a guy named Grant Hart. Okay. He's uh, known mostly from uh, Husker Du. Okay. 1979 to 87. Very much uh, kind of a punk. Some say the hardcore. I don't think they were really hardcore punk. Very much like a pre-Nirvana type. That kind of feel that when you listen to their stuff, you can see some of it crossing over into being more popular. But... It really never did. Born in 1961, he died in 2017 of okay. uh, liver cancer. Oh, Unfortunately, bummer. he had some trouble with uh, with drugs and smoking and stuff. Interesting story. I thought his big brother died when he was only 10 years old. Oh, wow. And he inherited his drum set. Huh. Obviously, that got him started. He ended up meeting Bob Mould, who's the guitarist for Husker Doo, basically by selling pot to him out of a record store. And uh, they end up becoming friends, doing a lot of writing. And the thing I like about Grand Hart, if you watch videos of him, he is banging away, you know, super fast on the drums, you know, doing the punk beat thing and singing at the same time. A lot of times when drummers are playing, when they start singing, they're just like doing a beat and the cymbals right. and that's it. He's banging all the shit out while he's singing. It's funny the way he sits. He sits very close to the drums. His arms are are really bent because he's right there on the microphone and he's just hunched over and he's able to reach all the symbols and everything all around him while he's going at it. (laughs) I think uh, he's awesome. Yeah, If you want to hear some stuff, you got to listen to uh, Terms of Psychic Warfare, Every Everything, Pink Turns Blue. Those are some really good representative songs of his talent. What's your number four?
0: Number four for me is Dean Castronovo. Uh, yes, okay. Are you familiar with them? Oh, yeah. He's one of my honorables. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Dean uh, used to play with Journey in Bad English. He played in Mm -hmm. Ozzy Osbourne's band way back when. Currently, he's playing with the Dead Daisies, who we saw. Yeah, we know them. Yeah, we saw them open for Kiss. He actually wasn't in the band at that time when we saw them. Oh, no? Yeah, no. It was a different drummer. And he also plays with a group called Revolution Saints, which also features Jack Blades from Night Ranger. That's relevant for a reason. And we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. When he toured with Journey from Mm -hmm. 1998 to 2015, he sang lead vocals on several of the bigger hits uh open arms faithfully who's crying now he's got a voice on par with steve perry in fact you could hear him and if you didn't know you'd think it's steve perry he's that good Mm -hmm. yeah Um, yeah he he had a little bit of a rough go and that's what led to the end of his tenure with journey um he went through a little bit of a battle with drugs and alcohol and some legal problems and he actually spent a little bit of time in jail and then went through rehab found religion God bless him. Yeah, and now the guy has come out of this really dark place Mm -hmm. and has really made a major comeback. I have a friend named Sean Tarr. He plays Mm. in a a cover group called Bon Journey. They do uh, (laughs) Bon Jovi and Journey covers, which I think is brilliant because, you know, those two bands... Both have a lot of great songs that I'm sure people love hearing. But anyway, so their drummer, Matt, is really good friends with Dean. I actually, you know, mm-hmm. reached out to Sean because I I know that he played with him recently. Dean got on stage with them and did Faithfully and Turn Back Time, one of the Revolution Saints songs at one of their, their recent shows. Really? Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to get Sean's take on what Dean's like. And he said, Dean's a super talented guy, really great being on the same stage. And he said, what struck me most about him is how real and personable he is. He said he's the nicest mm-hmm. rock star he's ever met. Great energy. Energy, felt like we were good friends after five minutes and he also said that the guy is a monster drummer and sings as well as just yeah. about anybody out there he used to sing mother father on tour when he played with journey to play wow. drums and sing those parts simultaneously is crazy and he used yeah. to do it night after night dean is a, a phenomenal talent and i'm glad to see that he was able to get out of the dark place that he was in, and and you know make this comeback. So, That's Dean great. Castronovo, number four for me. What do you
1: got Excellent. for number three? Excellent choice. My number three, you you said his name already, Mike Portnoy. Okay,
0: I didn't realize he sang too. Or you are you, th- are you doing, you're doing background vocals too, or, or lead well,
1: vocals? no, he he definitely does background vocals. But I saw enough videos with him lead singing. Oh wow! Okay. That I was like, all right, I'll, I'll include him. Also, just because. He has been hailed by Modern Drummer magazine Mm -hmm. like over 30 times with all sorts of accolades. Oh, he's phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, he's known as like, you know, the drummer's drummer. I mean, he's been awarded multiple times the best progressive rock drummer. Mm Mm-hmm which is something because a lot of videos you watch him, and he's like shredding it up like speed metal. And so he's doing all kinds oh, of yeah. different stuff. He performs with so many different bands. He does a lot of tribute bands. He steps in for people. Yeah, when AJ Pirro passed away, suddenly mm-hmm. he stepped yeah. in and, uh, and helped out. Yeah, so um, I didn't really know much of the guy, mm-hmm. but I heard his name through a couple people and just watching him, I didn't realize that he was a background singer for Dream Theater. So I was like, oh, all right. Well, he sounds pretty great. And then he does he does a lot of other stuff.
0: Yeah, I had no idea that he sang. Otherwise, I, I probably would have had him on my list too because he's a phenomenal drummer. I mean, he's ridiculous. Yeah, so although I wasn't really
1: applying my numerical scale, okay. I, I kind of gave him a pass a little bit as far as the singer part because okay. even though he is mostly background, he's definitely done... Some lead, too. So I was like, that's enough for me to put him on the list. Okay. Are you okay with that? I'm okay with it. All right. So your number, Trey, is? Number
0: three for me is Kelly Kagey from Night Ranger. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, you know, I, I had the, uh, the opportunity to see Night Ranger in December with my buddy Tim, and I'd mm-hmm. never seen them live before. You know, I've, I've always been a fan of their, basically their hits. I don't know a lot of their more obscure stuff, right, admittedly, yeah. but there's no question that they have a lot of great musicians in the band and great songs. And Kelly actually... Sings lead on a couple of their big hits. I mean, the most famous one, of course, is Sister Christian. Right. You know, which is probably, I'm pretty sure that's their biggest charting hit, too. Um, Oh, it's gotta be. Yeah, it's gotta be. But he also sang on Sing Me Away, uh, When You Close Your Eyes. He shared vocals Mm -hmm. with uh, Jack Blades on that one, and Sentimental Street. He is a great drummer, great voice. Those guys are probably one of the more underrated bands. When you see them live, your hair gets parted by how good they are. I mean, just amazing. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah. (laughs) See, they knocked your hair right off, right?
1: (laughs) And I was looking at some videos of him because I knew he was going to be on your list. Yeah. So I wanted to research him and I was like, wow, yeah, this guy's good. And yeah, the whole band blew me away.
0: Yeah, Um, he's the real deal for sure. Yeah. That's a good choice. Anything else on him? Yeah, a couple of cool things. So he basically went all in after high school in pursuing a career as a drummer. He knocked around in the clubs for a few years, and then he became the touring drummer for a San Francisco band called Rubicon, which also featured... Jack Blades, and Brad Gillis, who mm-hmm. he would form Night Ranger with in 1979. Okay. So a couple of years ago, he was noticing that he had like some tightening in his chest and, and some shortness of breath and stuff. So he went to the doctor. It turned out that he had a birth defect in his aortic valve. Oh. So he had to have heart surgery. He had open yeah. heart surgery to repair that. Holy in April, God. He, he missed for the first time in the history of the band. He missed a few shows in April of last year. So yeah. I see him in December, like six months after the surgery, and you would never have known. Wow. that he, he had heart surgery. So, the interesting well, little footnote is that while he was recovering from the surgery, Dean Castronovo filled in for him in Night <laughs> <laughs> And he sang too, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, so. I wonder if like by being a drummer
1: mm-hmm. with all that upper body movement that helped keep his, you know, heart functioning while even though it had this, you know, issue and maybe that also
0: helped him recover faster. Could be. But you got to remember, he's in his 60s. So, you know, yeah. it's harder to come back from stuff like that when you're when you're older. No question about it. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to tell me. Yeah. You know, he says he's almost like a young guy again because everything's functioning right. So that's my number three.
1: Great. All right. My number, number two. two is somebody I really didn't even know anything about. Mm-hmm. His name is Gilmore.
0: Ah, Triumph.
1: Triumph. <laughs> right. Now, I didn't know anything about Triumph until I got to college and uh, some of the guys I was hanging out with were into heavier stuff than I was. And they introduced me to triumph. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, uh, Dave Sawyer, who uh, he ended up leaving after the first semester. And we, uh, we all missed him because we did airband with him. He came up with <laughs> our air band name head rush, so. <laughs> but he introduced me to triumph and, you know, would watch some of the videos. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. These guys are in my mind. They're kind of like Russian away. Each one of them, is a phenomenal player in their own right, you mm-hmm. know, and each instrument is almost like playing a lead, yet it all blends together. And they're a power so, trio, and they're from Canada. Yeah. He was born 1953, so it's like, wow, he, he's been around a little while. Yeah. Um, Triumph apparently started in 1975. It's like, holy cow. So that's like, you know, 97 years or so they've been together. <laughs> and. I started uh, reaching back looking at some videos and things and I'm just blown away by the set that he surrounds himself with Mm -hmm. um, and in concert how he's moving between all these different drum sets. One thing that I found very interesting and might have helped me, you know, b- bump him up a little bit was uh there was a link to something called Isis Story 4.2. It was on YouTube. It's basically it's this belly dancer's world renowned belly dancer that he drummed for. Oh wow. And it's yeah, so he's got like kind of this international flair. And plus, you know, you watch her for six, seven minutes and it's just really, really cool. And I'll mean that in a perverted way. Um, Sure you do. Don't give me a tiny bit, but she's very classy about it. So I highly recommend everybody out there in the world. Go on YouTube. Look for uh, Isis Story (laughs) 4.2 with Gilmore. Yeah. Great Um, voice too, Gilmore. He does have an awesome voice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Some of the songs that he sings, you know, Follow Your Heart, Spellbound. It's like, holy crap. I forgot he sang Spellbound, too yes and he's going through the drum beats and like the the drum rolls while you're singing at the same time you know he he can do that yep and to me that's just a that's a crazy skill good choice for number two like it and yours now number two for me is don henley are you kidding me (laughs) i did not see that coming really holy crap wait i know are you you
0: surprised that he's number two or you're surprised that he's on my list at all I'm surprised he's on your list at all. See, and you were surprised when I chose the Eagles as one of the top American bands, too. Yeah, I was. I was a really, very pleasant surprise. I'm not really sure why you think I'm not a Don Henley fan, though. No, it's nothing about being a Don Henley
1: fan. Mm-hmm. Well, tell me why you think he uh, deserves to be on the top five.
0: Desperado, Witchy Woman, Best of My Love, mm-hmm. One of These Nights, Hotel California, The Long Run, Life in the Fast Lane. Sure. As a solo artist, Boys of Summer, Dirty Laundry, mm-hmm. All She Wants to Do is Dance, End of the Innocence, yeah. Last Worthless Evening, New York mm-hmm. Minute, Heart of the Matter. And yeah. that's just like the hits. Right. Then, of right. course, he teams up with Stevie Nicks, who's dating. Leather and Lace sometimes right. love Just Ain't Enough with Patty Smythe mm-hmm. I mean the guy Axel Rose yeah Axel Rose the guy's a hit machine you know <laughs> yes. just, just yes. you know incredible songwriter and, mm-hmm. and an amazing voice right I think as far as a drummer goes I don't really know that he's super flashy as a drummer but that's not important right. he's got an interesting back history too before he formed the Eagles with Glenn Fry, he was in a band called Shiloh right. they released an album that was produced by Kenny Rogers which I didn't know Hmm, okay, the gambler. Yeah, exactly. He formed the Eagles with Fry in 1971 after playing together in Linda Ronstadt's backing band. Mm-hmm. And then um, in addition to all of his contributions in terms of hit songs, he also became a, a very important advocate for the rights of artists too. In 2000, he co-founded the Recording Artists Coalition. He was fighting to make sure that artists retained the ownership of their copyrights and, and intellectual property and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. And also mm-hmm. making sure that record companies were being fair with their accounting practices. Is and stuff. Plus, he does a lot of other charity work, too. A tremendous talent as a songwriter, as a singer, as a drummer, an important guy for artists' rights, and right. also one of the wealthiest drummers in the world, by the way. <laughs> uh, he's be- only behind Ringo, Phil Collins, and Dave mm-hmm. Grohl with a $200 million fortune. Holy cow. Estimated in, I think, 2012. So Yeah. Initially, Don Henley was going to be on my list, no doubt. Okay. And
1: it's funny because as I was researching all these other drummers Mm -hmm. he started to fall wow and yes yes and it's just the type of music that the eagles did and the Mm -hmm. stuff that he did didn't really call for big drum solos and so maybe it's just i'm drawn personally to a little more you know power maybe um or speed um and i'm thinking that that has to do with talent as opposed to being, I don't know, being more laid back with it and being more patient and the musicianship because, you know, he's on everybody's list along with Ringo Starr, which to me, Ringo Starr, I don't see him on a, you know, a top five singing drummers list. And also like Mickey Dolan's too. I was having trouble keeping him in my top five. Um, And I think part of it might be, I did go see him when he was solo. He didn't play drums at all, except for his last encore when he did Hotel California.
0: So I guess I just felt like he's not drummer enough. It seems like you were focusing more on the drumming than the singing. See, and that's where we differ because for me, I feel like we could do a whole other list of the top drummers, period, oh, having nothing yeah. to do with voice. But I think right. there's very few guys that are good at both drumming and singing, or, mm-hmm. or there's very few drummers that sing lead. That's that's what right. really what it is for me. And so yeah. for me, when I was putting together my list, I was thinking guys that do both well. Obviously, there's guys that do one or the other better than the other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me, if they do both well, they made the list.
1: Yeah. And that's like I said, I think I was just being pulled toward drummers more, like okay. you're saying.
0: Okay. So oh. I guess that leads us to your number one then. My number one. And it's funny.
1: Because I did not want to, to have this guy as my number one. I really didn't. Okay. I did. As much as I tried to keep Henley in my top five, I tried to keep this guy out of my top five. Okay. But holy crap. When I just go through the history, my number one is Phil Collins. Okay. And I know he's like the safe popular bet. He's on the top of almost everyone's list. You know, you went through a whole bunch of good reasons why when you had him as your number five. I got to know him around the Abacab years, just mm-hmm. after a couple years, I guess, after
0: Gabriel left. That's a or, great song, by the way. Yeah. Oh, it's a cool song. Cool drumming on that song, too. It's not like flashy, but it's it's right. uh, it's cool. Well, anyway.
1: that, yeah, that song and think around the same time, or maybe it was before the Follow You, Follow Me, mm-hmm. that's when they started transitioning mm-hmm. from the progressive rock and the
0: experimental stuff of I Peter think, Gabriel. I think MTV had a lot to do with that. Yeah. They wanted to be part of the, of the wave of MTV popularity, and you're not going to mm-hmm. probably get there playing really progressive music, is my guess. Oh, absolutely. No, you're totally right. And the reason, I
1: guess, I didn't want to keep him on my top five list is how he morphed into this what Rolling Stone called the Cabbage Patch Kid of pop rock. (laughs) Because, oh man, if you go back and you look at the videos of him with original Genesis, when they're doing their friggin' old stuff Mm -hmm. back in 69, 70, the music box. I mean, this is like long, progressive, crazy music. Mm -hmm. And he's there. Doing great backups and some lead, a little bit of lead, Mm -hmm. but his drums—he's a percussionist. You know, his drumming is at times it's quiet and eerie, backing up the guitars, and then he explodes and he's doing these crazy riffs. And then as he became the front man, and and with his solo stuff, when you see him in concert, you see these videos—he is playing some of these really strong heavy beats while he's singing his ass off Mm -hmm. you know at the same time i just had to like give it to him he's doing all kinds of funky things he's got you know the woodwinds behind him and Mm -hmm. he's got the friggin uh giants Giants and gongs and stuff Yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah I educated myself. I was like, "Holy crap! Yeah,
0: I guess other people are right." You know, and I'm not a musician, but it just seemed obvious to me. I don't think you have to be a musician to know when somebody's good. Just yeah. like you don't have to be a baseball player to know when a baseball player is good, or whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah. You can ju- you can tell when somebody's playing some intricate stuff. You know, and <laughs> right. I mean, the reason Phil Collins was at number five for me mainly is because I'm just not a huge Genesis or Phil Collins fan. I like him and I respect Uh his talent. He might have been higher on the list if I was more of a fan of the stuff he does, you know? Right. But there's Uh no question that he belongs in this conversation. You know, without a doubt. Yeah. I'm dying to hear, although I have a pretty good guess who your number one is. Of course you do. Um, (laughs) Listen, you're going to laugh at me and people are going to shake their heads and and call me an idiot like they always do. And I really don't give a fuck, dude, because, you know, we started doing this podcast because we enjoy doing this together. Mm -hmm. And I like sharing my interests with people. And anybody who knows me knows how much I love KISS. Right. You know, so number one for me is actually three guys. Peter, Chris, Eric Carr, <laughs> oh and Eric Singer. Oh my
1: God. I, didn't I even text you as long as your top three were not KISS drummers?
0: Yeah. Well, all three are my, are my top or number one. <laughs> Peter, Chris, Eric Carr, and Eric Singer from KISS. Listen, they've all contributed a different thing to the band. Peter, Chris, of course, was the original. And, you know, he comes into the band and he, he was the right guy at the right time. You know, when they were first starting out, they needed a guy like him. You know, he brought kind of a swing style and he had that soulful, raspy voice, yeah. kind of sort of like Motown a little bit, maybe a little mm-hmm. James Brown influence or whatever. Definitely. And he didn't sing lead on a lot of songs, but one of the things that has always made Kiss special, especially in the beginning and, and maybe now, again, was that they were always kind of a four-wheel drive vehicle. All the members had lead vocals. They were all identifiable as an individual in the band. That was one of the things that I I think made them special. And, And I think that they purposely... Wanted. They did that because they wanted to model themselves as sort of a heavier Beatles. Not that they were trying to be the Beatles, because they're obviously not. Right. But, you know, Gene and Paul were were very much influenced by the Beatles. Mm. And they wanted to follow in the Beatles' footsteps in terms of having all four members be uh, easily identifiable and their own personalities. They wanted to have harmonies like the Beatles. When they first started out, they were going for the Beatles on steroids, you know? <laughs> and, you know, and right. although musically, they don't sound anything like the Beatles, I mean, there's, uh, except for maybe a pop sensibility in some of their stuff. Right. Peter Chris sang lead on... A couple of pretty big songs for the band. Black Diamond, which was written by Paul Stanley. Right. He sang Hard Luck Woman, which is a ballad that Paul originally wrote with Rod Stewart in mind. But Peter Chris said, no, you know, I'll sing it. I like this song. I think we should do it. And the vocals hey, he that he does.
1: great doing it.
0: Yeah. And he, and he kind of sounds like Rod a little bit on the song. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then of well, course that
0: raspy voice you're talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And of course, you know, one of the band's biggest hits, Beth, Peter Chris not only sings it, but he also co-wrote it. Yeah. So his contribution to the band is unmistakable. The guy played with fire. I mean, the guy was was mm-hmm. balls to the wall. If you watch old concert footage of KISS, I'm talking before they really became a big band, so probably 74, 75, 76, before they really hit it big and like drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. and and egos got in the way, they were firing on all cylinders in a way that it's really no surprise that they became as big as they did. Mm -hmm. Since I I knew he was going to be on your list, I, Mm -hmm. I wanted
1: to look him up some more and definitely... When I found the older videos, yeah, he was an awesome drummer, and I did really like his voice. You know, you said like Black Diamond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that kind of raspy, bluesy kind of voice, yeah. you know? Yeah, I thought so he's high up in my my honorable mentions. But since I knew you were going to talk about him, <laughs> I was like
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, and and I he had a lead vocal on every one of their albums for his original tenure in the band. Mm-hmm. That's so, cool. So that's Peter Chris. So let's talk about Eric Carr. So he comes in after mm-hmm. Peter leaves the band in 1980 mm-hmm. and not only gives the band a huge kick in the ass in terms of his playing style. It's been well documented that that when Peter Chris either left Kiss or was asked to leave, depending on who you ask. There was a lot of turmoil in the band. So Eric Carr comes in and was this breath of fresh air who was very grateful to be a part of the band, was excited to be, you know, getting ready to tour and all that stuff. And it just really represented a whole different style of drumming even. So he comes in and ends up being the drummer in KISS for uh, more than a decade. He passes away, sadly, in November of 1991, the same day as Freddie Mercury, by the way, from Heart Cancer. Oh, that's right, yeah. He took over the lead vocals on Black Diamond on tour. He sang lead on Little Caesar on the KISS album Hot in the Shade. Honestly, a lot of KISS fans would probably agree with me with this was probably very much underused for his singing. They should have had him singing on, on more of their albums in the 80s because great voice, yeah. also has that raspy tone, just a tremendous talent as a writer too. His family released a CD called Rockology after his death and it had some songs like demos and, and stuff that he had written for Kiss that they, ne- they never used. And there's a couple of really good tracks on that. And that shows, you know, what kind of a talent he really was. So then we get to Eric Singer, who replaces Mm -hmm. Eric Carr after his passing in 1992. He's been in the band now longer than anybody with the exception of Gene and Paul. Right. He played with the band until the reunion in 1996 and rejoined the band after Gene and Paul decided not to renew Peter's contract uh, Mm in 2004. He sings lead on All for the Glory on Sonic Boom and All for the Love of Rock and Roll on Monster, Black Diamond Live and some other stuff. In addition, he's uh, done projects on his own uh, and has played with Bruce Kulick, a uh, former lead guitar player from KISS in something called mm-hmm. the Eric Singer Project, ESP. He's played oh. with Brian May, he's played with Alice Cooper. He played in a group called Badlands with Jakey e Lee, formerly of oh, Ozzy's yeah. band. The guy's had a tremendous mm-hmm. career as a drummer and and a great voice and as a fan of KISS, I'm glad he's in the band. He's a solid guy and makes the band better. That's my number one, Peter Chris, right. Eric Carr and Eric Singer. The list of honorable mentions for me mm-hmm. is huge, but
1: yeah, you know, I'm sure we're going to crisscross a lot. Yeah, probably. So, who do you got? I have Levon Helm. Okay, from the band. I never would have really thought about him, uh, but I saw him on so many other lists, and I talked to you know some friends of mine that are musicians, they're like, oh, yeah, no, you can't keep You can't leave him off. Right. Because even though he's not, I guess, a flashier drummer, like I'm thinking, you know, super technical with all the big roles and everything. He was totally instrumental in the band's sound mm-hmm. just weaving that whole kind of you know country folk blues all together and actually i knew him as the singer i didn't know he was the drummer obviously i'm familiar right. with their bigger hits which he sings so i'm I'm mentioning him just because it seems
0: like i kind of have to okay he's he's on <laughs> my he's honesty. on my honorable mentions too yeah
1: all right um and before i kind of said ringo star mickey dolan's Buddy Miles, I definitely want to get him in. Yeah, I know. I see your face. <laughs> Buddy Miles, he drummed with Jimi Hendrix. He's played with all kinds of big names. And well, he's got the old blues voice. He's, you know, got a really cool, gruff voice. But I saw clips with okay. him playing with Jimmy, and it was like, oh my God, if your drums don't get lost when Jimmy's your guitarist, then pff, yeah, if you got something going on, uh, Don Brewer. Okay. from Grand Funk Railroad. Yep, you know, also we're in my an American band. Yep, yeah, also in my uh, honorable. Kind mentions. of crazy guy. You watch videos. He's got the the big afro, and he's playing with his shirt off. And at points, he's like just banging his head on the drums.
0: So uh, he obviously <laughs> was a personality too. He wasn't the main lead singer in Grand Funk, but uh, he did right. sing "We're an American Band," which is a classic. So
1: right. Yeah,
0: Roger Taylor from Queen. Absolutely, on my you list too. You have here. to, you have to, have to, have to. Even though
1: you can say, well, you know, he's a background singer. It's like, yeah, well, if he Freddie did, Mercury's
0: your front man, he did sing lead on some songs too, though. One of the biggest uh, of the songs that he sang lead on was uh, "I'm in Love with My Car," mm-hmm. which is on uh, the Night at the Opera album, and it was used in a car commercial not too long ago. So, oh, really? Yeah,
1: yo, know, he had that high voice. You know, mm-hmm. so they're doing like Bohemian Rhapsody. He's like, oh. Yep. He's doing all that crap. So um, you, I just can't help but wonder if he was in a different band, would he have just been the drummer lead singer? He's definitely you a know? solid drummer, too. So, yeah. Oh, he's a solid drummer. I mean, he's a percussionist. You know, yeah. he surrounds himself with a whole bunch of stuff and,
0: and he can play it all. Here's maybe a surprise. Karen Carpenter. I thought of her too, but the reason I didn't put her on the list and even in the Honorable Mentions is because I, I really wanted to focus on rock. She was the drummer in the Carpenters. People forget that because of that voice. I mean, yeah. amazing vocals, no yeah. question. Yeah. Uh, the only other people that oh, I had yeah. in my Honorable Mentions that you didn't mention were uh, Mickey Dolenz and Ringo. Mickey Dolenz didn't play on the Monkees' records, but but when they toured, he played. Right. Mm-hmm. And he definitely sang. So. Oh, yeah, he kind of was actually... I think more of the lead singer than uh, Davy Jones, really. And Ringo, a lot of people criticize Ringo. Oh, he's not that great of a drummer. But listen, Ringo is a solid guy and and was the right guy for the Beatles. No question about it. And he's a great character, too. (laughs) But I thought when they made the
1: transition from just kind of like, you know, the poppy, Mm -hmm. I I want want to to hold hold your your hand hand stuff. And they were getting into some psychedelia. Mm -hmm. He was really good at transforming into some new beats and, you know, cymbal
0: and beat stuff. So, you know, I got to hand it to him. I think he's underrated. I think Ringo is, is very underrated. Anyway, so that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I have, man. (laughs) Thanks to you for joining us. The Ranking Things Podcast is a production of Jason Davis VoiceOver. Again, visit jasondavisvoice.com if you need a voice for a commercial, internet and corporate video, e-learning, phone message and more. And remember, we want to know what you think. If you have a a different opinion or if you want to make fun of us for our choices, you can do that. You can email us rankingpodcast at yahoo.com or tweet at jasondavisvoice. I'm Jason Davis. I'm Eric Wright. Thanks for listening to the Ranking Things Podcast. Rock and roll, baby.